Hey everyone, it's Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. Before we dive into today's episode, we gotta do a little shop talk. You may have noticed something a little bit different on the podcast feed this week. Mondays, we're hoping to release a sneak peek of the message that we're calling a quick take, and it just kinda gets uh, your appetite uh, whetted to uh, receive the full message. And uh, regular message is coming out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we've got another quick take of the retake. I know it's a lot of takes going on, kind of be something to sort out, but we wanted to engage you a little bit more on the podcast feed. So be looking for that in future episodes. Today's episode is entitled Stagnant or Growing. It's based on the message that of the same title preached by Pastor Andrea Jacobson. She is the senior pastor at the Kettering Church in Ohio and just an all-around passionate person about Jesus and spirituality. You'll hear from her in this conversation her ups and downs, how she, even as a pastor, struggles with a real authentic relationship with Jesus. Here's a little bit more about her. So my name is Andrea Jacobsons, and I am the lead pastor at the Kettering Church right now. I grew up in the Czech Republic. Well, I lived there until I was 15, and then I've been here ever since, which is way longer than I was there now. Also joining us on the podcast today is Rolando Lerma. Um, my name is Rolando Lerma. I don't have as big of a resume. I am a, I'm a student, I'm in lots of debt, and I'm having a good time as well. <laughs> well, that debt Glad unfortunately that. lasts for a while. And as always, we've got Taylor Weaver who kicks us off in our conversation. So this is going to be new for me because I have never done an Elevate Retake without Pastor Michael. <laughs> so it's going to, but I'm really excited. So we have. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking a little bit of a sideline job this week. Since we got Pastor Andrea here, I let her have my seat and Mike to uh, take us through this conversation. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Your initial question immediately hit me, and I'm sure it hit many people in the room or that listened um, online. Have you ever felt like your relationship with Jesus is stagnant? And not only is that huge, and I think it's something that at some point in your life, every Christian struggles with. Um, personally, I'm, I feel like I'm there now, and it's difficult, and it's hard. Um, it's hard to... It's hard to feel like you're trying to do the most and you're reading and you want the Holy Spirit, but you just feel like you're in that stagnant place. So I loved how you brought that out just initially. It just grabbed my attention and I was like, man, I've got to hear more about that. So I got really excited. Um, the first point that I loved was, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, actually, I think I brought it up in the last message, was how we can't depend on others for our relationship with God. Yeah. It In the past, I have been very quick to um, compare my relationship with others, whether it's like my aunt or my mom or like, oh, my friend is so on fire for Jesus and I want that, but how do I get there? And comparison issues i mean oh my goodness you can't compare your relationship everybody's relationship is special and different and i loved how you brought that out because that was really comforting to me like i'm not the mm -hmm. only person who feels this yes we all do exactly <laughs> At some point. yep yeah That's i understood right. that um i i heard a it's not enough that others around me have a relationship with jesus i understood that in a in a way that's like i shouldn't have 
my parents' religion. Yeah. I yes. should have my own religion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I, I always had my parents tell me things along the line of like, well, yeah, you know, we have this, but we want you to kind of discover God on your own. You know, we don't mm-hmm. want you to pray yeah. because we prayed, you know, before mm-hmm. we ate. We want you to pray because you want to have that conversation on your own. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty reassuring thing that's like, are you or do you have a relationship with God or do you are you continuing your parents' tradition and how they, right. you know, interacted with God. So I thought yeah. that was very interesting. That's huge. Yeah. I really agree with that. And we can all totally fall into that, mm-hmm. right? Especially if we've grown up in it. I think it's totally different for somebody who hasn't. And then they're trying to figure out what it is. And oftentimes we do think that it's those things that everybody else is doing that have to be the right things, mm-hmm. right? And But I mean, like, if, even if I think about different people who I've met in my life, I mean, I sometimes ask the question of, okay, what is your favorite way to spend time with God? And it's interesting because in a room, you will have so many different answers, right? Because we are all different. We are not all going to do it the same way. Some For some people, it's being in nature and just spending that time with God. For some people, it's through singing. Right? Isn't that what you do? Yeah. Music, right? <laughs> I do music. You know? Yeah. For some of us, it's just that quiet time with God. And that that's it for me. And it like the more I'm learning about different personalities, the more I realize that that is because of my personality. Yes. Like I need to quiet down mm-hmm. and just really spend that time with God so that I also get recharged. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas for some people, I may be through the music. And I love music. Like, yeah, I think absolutely. music is absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, it has some of the most impact, impactful, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Impacting <laughs> moments of my life have been during music, like singing for God. Yeah, throwback to Spirit Week. It's all a journey, guys. It's a personal <laughs> journey. <laughs> it is. But that's the cool part about it. Um, now, I asked my question. I asked myself this question um, going along the lines of the comparison. For those that might be struggling with that right now, what are ways to get out of that loop mm. in your head of is my relationship good enough or is it like this person's or am I on yeah. fire enough? How yeah. how can we get out of that cycle of mm-hmm. thinking? That's such a good question. I think a lot of it has to do with just us growing as a person in general. Mm-hmm. You know, right. because because we do that, we just compare ourselves to somebody else mm-hmm. in all kinds of things. And I don't know if, if 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 guys do that as much as women do. Yeah, but I know as women, we definitely <laughs> oh, do yes. that. You know, um, it's, it's not a, a healthy thing. <laughs> it's, okay. a it's a problem. It's a problem. Okay, yeah. So I guess it's, you know, everyone has that problem, right? Because you Mm -hmm. always see somebody else who maybe you want to be like, and even for for preachers, you know, you have this thing where in the seminary, they tell you over and over, you need to be yourself. Because Mm -hmm. it's so easy for us to imitate somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because you see someone who is a great preacher, and you're just like, well, I want to be just like that, right? So I'm going to do everything. And I've even heard people who are like, Many Carlton Birds and many Pastor Dwight's and many, uh-huh. you know, because just the way that they're doing everything is just like the other person because that person is such a, a role model for mm-hmm. them. And so I think it can happen in just every area of life. That's why I say that it's really a general just growing in God and realizing that I have value for me, for who I am. Christ died for me mm-hmm. because he loves me. And so I can be who he has created me to be who he wants me to be you know i am who i should be in christ and like my identity is in christ and that means that we're all going to be different 
It can be so easy in our walk with Jesus to take a look at the people around us and begin to compare ourselves with them. But nobody else has your relationship with Jesus. There's nobody else. It's you and him. And so it's very, very important that we can't, that we got to recognize that we can't always follow the same path as someone else. I liked how in talking, uh, about the book Ezekiel, I was I was quite honest with uh, Pastor Michael. I was like, I'm not like super familiar with this book in all honesty. So like <laughs> yeah. talking talking about it, I was like, oh wow, like this is going to be really interesting, a new experience. Um, and uh, well, that's why I went and I did the overview yeah, because so many people. It was so helpful. It's not, and and even if you do read it, half the time you have no clue really yes, what you just read, right? Yes. So it's important. I was very glad that you did the overview because that helped me kind of understand where we were looking at and like kind of the time span. Um, and I know you talked about in your background how people were coming into the temple, um, but they even though they're coming in, in their hearts, they've like rejected him. They're yeah. they're deciding not to live in his ways. Mm-hmm. And that stood out to me because I feel as though people do that today. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that, just going to church yeah. and being like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I want to do today. And I set the day aside, but did I really? Why am I there? Do I, am I actually open to having Jesus come into my heart or am I closed off? So I felt like that was like kind of a call out too. Is mm-hmm. like, well, that's really relatable. <laughs> you yeah. have to think about it. No, and I and I think that oftentimes we also even go to church expecting that the church is the thing that is supposed to be blessing us. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. when whereas if we really are thinking about, no, I'm here because God is here because I am here to like spend time with God, it would be totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's that mindset. Yeah, it's completely. And then on top of that, what we were talking about, um, we were actually in chapter 37 of Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones, that mm-hmm. how did you feel like preaching on that? I know you I know you talked of, um, you know, thinking about bones or mm-hmm. like the the chapel that you talked yes. about. It's kind of eerie and it doesn't yes. make you feel super great. So like mm-hmm. reading into it more, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know how yeah. to feel about this. <laughs> you know, it's very like creepy and eerie. Yeah. But in a sense, it's also extremely poetic, you know, because yeah, you look at right. this valley of just death right yeah. and i i don't know if you guys are familiar with the song um spirit wind by casting crowns but no. it's about this chapter ezekiel oh, yeah. stared down into the valley you know filled with dry bones baking in the sun and it's just talking about the story for the first verse in the chorus mm-hmm. and in the like as the song goes on it's not ezekiel staring out into the valley it's a pastor stands in front of his congregation wow you know so i think it's very poetic in the sense of you know as soon as that breath, the Holy Spirit comes in, it can revive anything, yeah. whether it be literal death or stagnant relationships. Yes, that's such a good point. I, have, I need to watch that, that song. In our Christian walk, it's not a matter of if we'll fall, it's a matter of when we fall. God cares about us. He cares even about the sparrows. How much more does he care about us? So the question that I have in my mind is we're talking about the Holy Spirit and we're engaging with with this conversation. 
is how does the Spirit revive our walk with Christ? And well, and as I was thinking about this, you know, death, just being in the in the middle of death, it's not something that God created. God mm-hmm. didn't have death be something that he wanted. This is something that happened because of Satan. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, so crazy to me that God is constantly trying to do something about what Satan has messed up, you know, and and he does it in such a beautiful way. You know, because he knows how to restore us. Like, I just love that. Like, he knows what to do in order to restore us. And Mm -hmm. as long as we are willing to go there to him for Mm -hmm. it, he will do it. And I like how you point that out because initially, like, reading it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But I don't like I don't know how to feel (laughs) about it. But viewing it more, viewing it more from that perspective, it's like, no, this is awesome. This yeah. is this isn't supposed to be like a dull or scary moment. Mm-hmm. It's wait to see what I can do for you. That's right. And sometimes you have to get into those Bible stories to be able to see the cool part. It's going to mm-hmm. be a little rough in the beginning or like, oh, I wonder where this is going. Yeah. But you know, you know God's going to mm-hmm. pull through. Yeah, I think something that I thought was very, you know, was like a a huge punch to me, I guess. Um I think you said something along the line of bodies are nothing without the breath of God, yes. right? And you're talking about like, you're setting the stage, like all these bones are coming together, all this flesh is coming back, but it still means nothing yeah. unless it has that breath. And I think it's, uh, I'm gonna turn it back to like the whole stagnant relationship type of thing. Mm-hmm. You can have this process of building it back up, but unless you have that Holy Spirit in that mm-hmm. relationship, that progress is just gonna mean nothing. And eventually without that right. life, that body that was restored is just gonna rot away again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was even saying like, God doesn't care to just give us life for life's sake, right? Because then mm-hmm. we still just die. That's not the yeah. point. The point is to give us that life that's going to last for eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's the one that's like full of the Holy Spirit. That's so cool. And that that goes back to um, the equation kind of that you gave mm-hmm. of the spirit plus the word. It's so much more than just you can't just be like, oh, I've got the spirit now and I'm good. Yeah. Like it takes so much. It takes both things to get that's you right. there. And that's yeah. I know like that's that's hard for me because some days I'm like, oh, I've got it. Like this is this is where I'm at and I feel good about uh, the devotion that I did or um, I feel really strong. But then the next day it's awful. And it's like, yeah. do I have either? And it's, yeah. that's the hard part for me. Yeah. And that's always, you know, our us questioning. And that's what I even think. If we have, a, you know, a lot of the Holy Spirit in our lives, will we really know? I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I always keep thinking that because if I think that I do, then does that mean that I really don't? You know, it's, obviously, it's hard. yeah, it's obviously, yes. And obviously I do know that, you know, I have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like I know which way I'm going. Right. And that's where I, I always t- kind of talk about like your direction in life, because oftentimes people, especially because I worked with high schoolers for a long time, they mm-hmm. would always ask, okay, how do I know that I am saved? You know, yeah. and really it's just knowing where you're going. So it's all about your direction. If you can say in your heart that you are walking towards Christ, you may fall here and there but you're still turned towards Christ. And wherever God says, 
you know, you need to maybe fix this and then, you know, you get stubborn, but Mm -hmm. then you do eventually, you know, but you are still facing Jesus, then you can be sure that you are going to be saved. If you know, though, that you're turned away from God. Yeah. Then that's when, yeah, you should question. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's so it's all about that direction. Like, which way am I going? And if I know that I'm facing Jesus and I'm constantly wanting him to be the one who's working in my life, then I don't have to worry. I love the imagery of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. The Holy Spirit is someone who walks with us even when we don't necessarily know that God is walking with us. And it can be easy sometimes to get frustrated because we look back and there's only, uh, as the old poem goes, one set of footprints in the sand. God, did you abandon me there? And God turns over to us and he says, no, that's where I carried you. And you see that other long section, this depression in the sand, that's where I dragged you kicking and screaming, but we'll talk about that later. The Holy Spirit is there for us, even when we stray, even when we're lost, he's working to bring us back to Jesus. Like the one sheep who left the fold and the shepherd would leave 99 to go save one, when we are that one, the Holy Spirit is there with us seeking us out, finding us when we're lost, and bringing us back to Jesus. I love that you brought up Hosea because actually before we were in here talking about it, I was talking to Pastor Michael and he was kind of, whenever I said like, yeah, I'm kind of nervous, like I'm not super familiar with Ezekiel, Mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, and he kind of like started to give me a little bit of a rundown. But as he said that, you know, like, oh, like, you know, Jesus is just wanting wanting the hearts of the people and he tells them you know you see the bad things but then i will be there i will rejuvenate you yeah. and i was like oh it's kind of like hosea and he was like yeah we wouldn't because yes. we did because we did um a series on hosea and so we talked a oh. lot about it and that was one of my favorites so then hearing that again Great. i was like oh i can relate to this yes. i got really excited and you know and i didn't talk about this during the sermon but the part where in ezekiel it says that god moves to the mount of olives mm-hmm he's actually moving close to be to the people in Babylon. So he's leaving yes. Jerusalem, but he's moving to where it is they're going to go, mm-hmm. which is just so cool. That's really cool. Because he really does not actually leave them, no. leave them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's leaving because they're pushing him out, but he's still there because he loves them. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to be as close to them as possible, like yes. even when they're in exile. I just find that so amazing. That, that is, is awesome. So awesome. That just kind of shows to me that um, in those times where it's hard for us to see our future, we get really frustrated, like, God, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And he's yes. like, just wait, I've got it. And I'm with you there. And even if you might feel like I've left you a little bit, like, I'm actually ahead. You're going to find yes. me again. That's really awesome. And that patience, yes. right? Having that patience and oh, just... Oh, it's hard. Keep, I, don't, yeah. I don't have the patience. I'm so glad that he has the patience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I didn't bring it up earlier whenever we were actually talking about like how songs, um, how songs can be so um, beneficial to our lives. And sometimes that's whenever spiritual revival like happens is you hear a song and it's just like, oh, I didn't hear that the same way yesterday that I heard it today. And so um, one of the songs that was sung after the sermon was Reckless Love. And I loved it because in talking about um, my people in verse 13, um, the song says, like, when you were my foe, your love still fought for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I had never, like, it's one of the songs that I've sung over and over in church, and I don't actually hear it. And then I connected those words to the sermon, and I was like, whoa, this is <laughs> so cool because sometimes it's easy for us to forget that we are his people or, yes, he's he's always there for us, but sometimes I know yeah. I'm struggling feeling that right now. Um, mm-hmm. But we can we can say like you know he's our foe or he's he's not doing what i want him to do so i'm going to push him aside but he's still fighting for us behind the scenes and that just yes. kind of furthers my thought but mm-hmm. i wanted to point that out yeah he's always working in the background it's pretty cool one of my last points um before i ask if there are like if maybe rolando has any questions or any more cool points um i loved how you brought up the amount of times a week we dig into scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually struggled with this personally uh, about what does my devotion look like in the morning? Am I am I doing enough to feel spiritually fed and not do mm-hmm. it simply because... Because um, I have to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's still that struggle. There's, there's still like in my head, like a guilt that I feel if I don't get my time with God in the morning or I feel like I mm-hmm. failed. But so you you actually pointed out that it takes four or more times a week to have shown like through studies how it can affect your life and make like a significant difference. And I think that that's huge. I know sometimes I struggle, like in the morning I'll read a quick devotion, but Mm -hmm. I don't get directly into the word. I'm not, I'm not opening my Bible and saying, what do you have to show me? I'm like, okay, I I only have five minutes. Let me read this quick thought and I'll be done. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm, I'm really excited that this is changing my perspective of that and how I can, search for God in a different way, especially more than just like once or twice a week. So, but I know because of busy schedules, because of like, it's so easy to say I'm too busy. How can we, how can we incorporate that time and feel spiritually fed along? I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but like Mm -hmm. more than four times a week. I mean, that's not that much, but sometimes whenever the week is so busy, you get caught up and you forget and do you have yeah, any? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I think I'm it's struggling. such a good question and a good point. I often say that you and I've said this to people. You know how like you're trying to motivate people to spend time in, in scripture. Mm-hmm. You'll say, "Okay, just do 5 minutes and then it'll grow." The truth is 5 minutes never works. Mm-mm. It has never worked for anybody. I don't know anybody in in my life that I've ever heard of that five minutes has actually ever worked for them to mm-hmm. really do anything for them. And so I've stopped saying it because I've learned that it really, it's just cannot do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, I always think of, uh, are you in choir? I am. You are? Okay, so you were probably at my, at my brother-in-law's house on Friday evening and they were talking about, last Friday evening, were you there? They had some kind of a Vespers. Yeah. They were talking about Ephesians chapter 6. Yes. Okay, so I use that story a lot and my sister mm-hmm. was talking about where, like, we always think of, like, you have a, we are in a war, mm-hmm. right? And it's, like, we are, each one of us are warriors. But we think because we, you know, there is Satan is always there. But yet we think that as warriors, we are going to be good enough if we spent five times, Mm. five minutes on it, 
right? Mm -hmm. No warrior can ever train for five minutes and actually feel like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be great in this in this no. battle, right? It just doesn't work. And and so just thinking through like what it really is practically, you realize it doesn't work like that. There has to be more than that. I have to take the time to really think and ponder and let the Holy Spirit be able to speak to me through it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we also, we we think that we're just going to read something and then the Holy Spirit is just going to ploop, like give us the information, the, yes. you know, light bulb is just going to go off and mm -hmm. we're going to know everything there is. And then we just automatically apply it to our lives. But oftentimes we can apply the completely wrong thing because that's not even what the passage is teaching because we don't take the time to actually figure out what it was that God was trying to teach the people there. Mm -hmm. And then be able to say, okay, this is what is good for me. And if I don't take the time to really think and process and just let the Holy Spirit be able to speak to me through just the, you know, the different things you can find in scripture, then it's not going to change me. And it, and it's that it's that balance then, mm -hmm. right? Of like, okay, do I need to do it? Or do I choose to do it? And I yes, think want to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I want to do it? And, it's, and I think that at, at the beginning, though, it is something that maybe you feel like you know you need to do. Mm -hmm. But then over time, it's kind, it's kind of like breakfast. You have to eat it every morning. Yeah. Right. If you don't, eventually it's going to show up on your health. Yeah. And that's the same thing with scripture. Mm -hmm. You are going to not do it. Then it's going to show up mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah, I feel like that's always like a big thing. Like people are like, oh man, I feel like it's going to be like such a task in the beginning. Like, yes. Isn't that for everything yes. though? Mm -hmm. That's right. It is. So yeah, everything takes some kind of effort, mm -hmm. right? And it's because of sin and because of the devil that yes, those things just, we need to actually take the time to do it, to decide to do it. I really like that you actually called out the fact that so one of my biggest takeaways from listening to this message and to this conversation is how do we move forward when our walk with Jesus seems to stagnate, when we're just stuck in a rut? And I'll be honest with you, dear listener, I'm at one of those points for myself. I'm at a place with just there's so much going on in our lives as my wife is finishing up her master's of nursing education and we've had a uh, a, a recent medical emergency in our extended family and uh, COVID restrictions are being lifted and we're stressed about how we move forward as a church. There's just, it can, it's so easy for me to get caught up in not turning to Jesus and going about life without the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's not always gonna be easy. We're not guaranteed an easy life. We're guaranteed someone who's gonna walk beside us. So I think for me, as my walk is stagnant right now, I want to take time each day to dwell in the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. For me, that looks like an early morning with my Bible, maybe a little music, simply immersing myself in scripture and seeking God for myself. Because I know that's the only way I'm gonna get through. That's the only way that I can possibly make it in this life. So I encourage you, dear listener, if you're in the middle of a rut, in your middle of stagnation, look to Jesus. Spend quality time with him. Five minutes isn't enough. You've got to dwell and immerse yourself in scripture. I think the beautiful thing about the Bible is that the author of scripture sits down beside us every time we open it up. It's the only book in the world that the author is able to do that.
And so why not today? Why not now? Why don't we take some time to seek God while he can be found? I want to encourage you today on your walk. Hey, there's just a lot going on in this world. And I hope and pray that this conversation has been a blessing to you. And if it was, I encourage you to share it with one person. That's all it takes for someone to be blessed by this conversation. You can connect with us at at Elevate Retake on Instagram. You can also click the link in the description and look in the same way that God does. So until next time.